0: Hello and welcome to The Last Tranche. Last week, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said that the central bank no longer forecasts a recession in 2023. His statement comes amid much more bullish outlook on the US economy from investors, which in turn has buoyed the CLO market. Liabilities have tightened across the stack in secondary, with AAA spreads coming in 25 basis points in recent weeks, despite some softness in recent days. July also saw the return of the refi and reset uh, transactions for the first time in over a year or at least for certain profiles of CLOs. To discuss what these developments mean for the asset class and where the best value can be found, I'm joined by Matt Layton, Partner and Head of Europe at Pearl Diver Capital. Matt, thank you for joining The Last Tranche.
1: Thanks, Hugh. Thanks for having me.
0: So, in your conversations with CLO managers or your own investors, have you noticed a change in sentiment over the last month or so?
1: Yes, I have. I think the... Um in terms of what we're seeing coming through in the numbers, July was an extremely strong period. We saw loans up over a point. There was a lag there for a period of time. Certainly looking at at the secondary market, the primary market's more, much more static as well. But the fact that we're now starting to see, you know, loans catch a bid, we're starting to see tightening across tranches. In CLOs, you know, many of these things are coming through for reasons that practitioners, people who are familiar with the CLO market have really been talking about now for probably the best part of a year or more than a year. You know, the vast majority of loans that sit within these loan portfolios are performing. There's a huge amount of focus on some of the, you know, the headline defaults that have come through. Recoveries haven't been good. That's fine. We'll definitely we'll talk about more about that later. But actually the vast proportion of the CLO underlying loan market is performing and it traded off. And really you've seen a rally through the through the loan double B's come through. Then you see this sort of this cascading effect. Once they've now pretty consistently started trading in that sort of 98.50 to par kind of region, now you've seen the the single Bs starting to pull higher. You started to see triple Cs pull higher. This is now feeding through into MVOCs, NAV performance if you're looking at CLO equity as well that gives a better sense of confidence for investors, secondary market traders uh, who are looking at some of these key metrics. And, you know, we're starting to see that coming through in the numbers. The timing is interesting, obviously, as as we come into the summer. And I think, you know, what we can really see during these periods as volumes, as volumes do back off, you can sometimes see slightly bigger movements. But I think that, you know, actually what we're seeing coming through many of us have been forecasting this for a while and we've been trading this for a while as well you know picking up double b's at deep discounts often trading in the mid to low 80s with the full expectation that these bonds are will repay par and these are not the weaker cohort of the market at some point they would rally and and really that's what's starting to come through
0: we heard from uh, various clo equity investors this year especially in the first half you know that the arbitrage doesn't work and that the portion of new clos selling their equity tranche to third parties that was declining Does the rally, in your view, change the calculation at all, especially if um, you start to see the pricing in the primary market fall more in line with where secondary spreads are?
1: Just to give an outset from our view, so we run run mandates, Europe and and the US, which pretty much focus on the sub-IG equity component of the market. In terms of primary equity, I think really pretty much since COVID, we haven't participated because the better value has been. In the Mez tranches, for sure. And one of the questions, though, that keeps coming back over and over is talk, talking about the arbitrage. The arbitrage for the primary, you know, we know that we're seeing uneconomical deals. Sort of where you model out the equity, you're kind of seeing six, seven, eight percent IRR. You are actually getting a better return if you if if you can insert a single B in there, or in fact invest in the double B's of the same deal. You know, it doesn't make sense to lever up a transaction for an investor to take that risk of the leverage the first loss risk and earn earn a lower return or return it's actually very very similar to the to to the underlying loan that they're sort of they're building the portfolio from so our view of the primary market and certainly when talking about the equity market is this is a really interesting clo market has been for the last 12 months if you look at the actual risks that are ahead of you versus the rewards that you're that you're getting you don't need to look at that small component of the overall traded market which is which is primary clo equity if you look at overall volumes volumes in the in the in the primary issuance market and volumes in the secondary market they're pretty similar so if you know a clo structure is roughly 10 times levered The 5%, sorry, CLO primary equity only really accounts for 5% of all paper that's traded overall, but it captures, it feels like it captures 85% of the conversation. There's a huge amount of uh, paper that's offering fantastic value elsewhere in the market away from that even if you if you if you're an investor that's dedicated just to investing in in debt tranches of primary deals you've had a fantastic run for the last 12 18 months pretty much since the ukraine russia invasion you know you're having a great time at the expense of those who still want to get involved in primary equity and we know that a lot of those are risk retention or affiliate funds affiliate capital equity funds the other area which we certainly find the most interesting and where the best relative value is is definitely in the secondary market you know if you've got a team that is dedicated you've got systems that are dedicated to being able to analyze the underlying credit that sits within the the portfolios, but also understand the duration of portfolios as well. You're not necessarily looking for that 2021 super clean vintage, you know, great capital structures. There's so many other ways for you to be able to play this market or invest in this market. And I, I don't think we've had that before. And also if you look at where we are in terms of, you know, default risk, or loss rate because it's not just about the default rate the default rate still sits below the long-term average recoveries have been lower we grant that but if you actually look at the loss rate that's coming through the vast vast majority of clo tranches clos themselves and and the individual tranches that sit within they are going to repay par and you're going to start to see certain dynamics coming through mechanical dynamics in in our view where you're seeing you know 40 percent of the of the clo market is now exiting its reinvestment period you know this is consistently flagged as a concern it's actually you know if you kind of sort of think about it it's an opportunity as well the duration of those bonds is going to be short the pull-to-par effect is going to come through you've got 25 percent of the loan market due to mature by the end of 2025 those loans the again the vast vast majority of those loans Well over 90% of those loans are going to repay at par and they're not trading at par at the moment. So you're going to continue to see the duration shorten on these secondary bonds that you can pick up at discounts in the 80s which then pulls not just it's not just your running yield, it's it's actually your capital appreciation and, and your IRR that you can lock in. It's a great opportunity. And we haven't really seen that in the past to to quite the same extent. the other the other component is is obviously equity, secondary equity. There's different profiles here. And you certainly you know, you want to be thinking about this very, very differently than when looking at the at the bond market you know static deals for equity is probably across the board not a good thing versus if 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 your bond portfolio is potentially now coming out of reinvestment period and, and is amortizing that we see as a positive in equity different story it feels like you need you need this expertise to be able to understand the differences but i think in the equity as well what we've consistently seen throughout this year and i think that the, again this trend continues and it leans back to the a2e activity that we see going on and just because there's now been a you know a real change in in credit pricing which i don't think is going to revert we're getting spread widening that's coming through in the portfolios consistently three bits a month three bits a month three bits a month if you're in the equity that takes time but actually you you'll be sitting there you'll come through and in 12 18 months you'll look back and you'll think look this portfolio is now you know we've got a materially wider weighted average spread in the underlying loans pretty much all the vintages that were printed outside of 2022 and, and the first part of this year, you've got a sub 120, if not 100 basis point AAA, yet your weighted average spread on your portfolio is getting wider. You're just earning greater and better equity coupons. This was a mechanism that really kicked in during the financial crisis. If you looked at CLO equity that was printed in 2006 and definitely 2007, you know, very, very tight liabilities Many of those equities, in fact, cut off because you know that was just a much more severe economic backdrop to what anything we're experiencing at the moment. But those equities cut off. Now, the spread widening that came through because we had a huge amount of A2E activity, paper coming back, they needed to push back those 2010 maturities and the cash flows once those equities turned back on were extremely strong. And that was that was a fantastic vintage and we think that that trend is really starting to come through it will continue to come through the back end of this year going into next year and it just provides a great opportunity so look you coming back to your original question there's always the question about primary arbitrage it's kind of here and or there for for third party clo investors that's not really that's not really where the opportunity sits and and even in a market where clo primary really does sort of, you know, volumes do pick up, you will tend to see if you're seeing the AAAs coming in, if you're seeing all of the debt tranches coming in, then you'll see the loans come in and, you know, they move in sync, they move in tandem. Okay, there's lags and you can, you can take advantage of those lags. But those primaries, you're never going to, you know, see a consistent primary market where you're earning 16, 17, 18% anymore in CLO equity. It seems to, you hit that 12 percent kind of mark and that's where the market will operate to whereas actually if you're looking at a CLO double B at the moment you're looking at mid teams even even in the primary market you're looking 12 13 percent already today secondary equity anything from 18 percent to you know north of 30 depending on what kind of profile that that you want to look at for institutions teams that have the expertise
0: there's way more options out there than than simply just the uh, the primary equity You've mentioned the importance of um, getting the analysis right and making sure that you're in the right profile of CLOs, especially, especially when thinking about equity investments in the secondary market. What do you see as the upside for getting that analysis right? And on the flip side to that, what are the pitfalls that you're looking to avoid?
1: Great. I think tackle that in in terms of when we're investing how you might look at bonds versus equity and there there is a clear distinction when looking at MES versus equity i think when you're when you're looking at bonds duration is is critically important you have to have a clear path in terms of understanding when that bond is likely to be called and that doesn't necessarily sit with very low watch list, low triple C transactions. Many of the transactions, and I, I kind of commented earlier, um, sort of later in their life, slightly unloved by, by the secondary market. If you've got the experience, the knowledge, the ability to trade that paper, that's where some real value can come into play. And also less so around the manager. Because many of these deals, the manager is now kind of pretty much handcuffed or, or the transaction is actually just starting to amortize. The quicker it amortizes, the better it is for you. The shorter the duration, the quicker you can you can experience that pull-to-par effect as you enter the market in this kind of, you know, mid-80s kind of pricing level. Now, looking at CLO equity, slight, very different, very different. We run one of the largest third-party diversified CLO equity books globally. And there you have to have a clear clear view in terms of credit quality what the manager is likely to do consistency of manager performance and behavior we have a team that is dedicated to really establishing trends across manager behavior and It's not necessarily about tiering. It's about portfolio construction. There's a few managers that are in the market at the moment. And for the last three years, they have been very much in vogue, both across their MES and their equity trades, very, very well. Uh, The cash on cash looks pretty good at present because you're effectively entering at a discount. Um, Liabilities are very, very tight. They've got time left to run on their reinvestment period. But actually, these are the same managers that. During periods of liquidity, they experienced the spread tightening quicker than anybody else and their arbitrage fell away quicker than than anybody else. And you just need to be careful, certainly in equity, when thinking about what looks to be a clean portfolio and is going to give you stable cash flows going forward today. might not actually look like that in two or three years' time because the market can change so it's all about building diversified portfolios of different clo manager platforms and different clo manager styles you don't want obviously a portfolio full of the more aggressive managers during these periods of time but you do need somebody who is going to be able to sort of anchor that cash on cash if the market does change. So it's about balancing your portfolio. The other thing, obviously, um, and it kind of goes without saying, is is the focus on underlying credit and understanding the, the underlying loan portfolio. You know, you need to be able to run downside sensitivities around default rates, uh, recovery rates, and the structure needs to hold up. But I think if you're if you're looking at certain profiles of CLO equity today, you can experience something that, again, coming back to my previous comment, this is an attractive time where you are experiencing 20 to 25 percent plus cash flows from solid CLO equity, not just the more sort of punchy, more aggressive CLO equity. And we didn't have that for you know for many, many years in, in 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 the CLO equity market. In fact, you know, pushing the arbitrage and the cash on cash towards the 15% mark was was a push, just given where spreads were around new issue and so on and so forth. It is an attractive time. You do need to, you know, differentiate, I think, between how you invest across a MES portfolio versus an equity portfolio. Underlying loan, I'm sure you're going to ask me a question in a minute about underlying loan quality you know it has been better undoubtedly but we've got 2100 companies across the entire clo market that issue loans there are a lot of good companies across that and the way that the market is kind of evolved very very quickly it's bifurcated we get that it's it's pretty obvious you can look at a portfolio in in very very quick detail and you know and see where the underperformers are it's more about the nuanced approach where you want to be able to understand and see value and where the CLO manager themselves has consistently added or or you know maybe not been able to add, add value in the past and that's that's where we where you can really add some alpha.
0: So you're investing in both um, the European and the US CLO markets uh, where do you see the relative value between the two geographies at the moment you mentioned the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine already that yeah, the energy impact, but we've also heard from Jerome Powell this week, as I already mentioned, about them no longer expect expecting a recession this year. So, how do you view the outlook for the loan market and the CLO market in both geographies?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. So we invest across both markets. We probably reflect the uh, a neutral weighting, in fact, when looking across across the uh, both markets. Now. I think in terms of relative value, I'll, I'll start off first talking about absolute absolute returns in in the U.S. across pretty much every tranche is just is just consistently higher. Tranches are just wider. There's many reasons for that. It's, it's a larger market, whereas the issuance is is lower. The amount of par outstanding paper is, is lower in Europe. For you know what is a very large institutional community base to be able to to bid on and I think that that just keeps it slightly tighter and I think that that is in part due to risk retention and, and regulation which doesn't really you know necessarily improve I don't think the uh, uh the credit quality now having said that what we have seen in Europe is European triple c buckets are around a point lower than U.S. triple c buckets that's not to say U.S. triple c buckets are roughly five and a half percent are stretched most CLOs in fact take 12 13 14 we've even seen 15 16 17 percent triple c's before you actually get a, a turn off of the clo equity so so i don't think they're stretched they they have increased for sure because of the cycle that we're in so european triple c buckets are are lower what's interesting is the downgrade ratio in europe across across the loan space is about a third of what it is in the us and it's really funny because if you actually sort of Look back 12 months ago, 12 months ago, you looked at the um, it felt like all of the geopolitical issues, you know, you had a real kind of energy crisis. And all of this was really focused on Europe and Europe felt like it was, you know, at the center of, you know, pretty much all, all that was wrong in the world. This is kind of reversed now to some extent, you know, okay, it looks like we're going to have a soft landing. But Europe, to some extent, we are seeing much more stability there. The market had sold off a lot further than the US, the low market had sold off a lot further. That's really come back now. And the two markets sit much more closely together. But I think it's kind of I don't really want to say you know which one has has better relative value at the moment i think they both have a place in the portfolio if you can only invest in european paper then then us paper to you is is really irrelevant so it doesn't matter looking at default rates i think across the two markets we've had what three defaults in in europe you know over a period of time and there's not too much coming around the corner i think the default rate in europe ticks up but it doesn't really go too much further i think in the us the U.S we've got some defaults that are coming um and we're seeing much more in the in the way of distressed exchanges um, which are coming through and we're seeing we're seeing much much lower recoveries um so that the loss rating in the U.S but again you can actually pick out a CLO loan portfolio and it's very very quick to identify which ones have, have got exposure to those to those loans therefore it's pretty obvious where you should be targeting your uh, your allocation or, or, or your capital.
0: Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the underlying credit quality. So like you've already said, we're now expecting a soft landing. That's obviously uh, good news for companies and issuers in general. What are the pitfalls? What are the risks? And what are some of the things that you're uh, sort of what are some of the things that you're working with managers in order to uh, what do you see as a headwind on that side?
1: Yeah, I think it's um got to be careful because what you don't what you don't want to do is invest with the manager who who has the effectively the cleanest portfolio because they start to see two quarters of underperformance and then they then they drop the loan two points you know lower than 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 where they bought it and they just keep chipping away at at, at the NAV and the MVOC. You've also seen an outperformance this year or, or certainly over the, over the last quarter in terms of single B and triple C performance as well. So the managers who dropped some of those credits a little bit too quickly, you know, and I'm talking about the performing triple C's because they wanted to trim their triple C buckets, talking about performing single B's because single B's were, were going lower. There's a huge amount of spotlight on, on the single B's, everybody talking about the loan only component and so on and so forth, selling too quick. Is often as dangerous as holding on too long this comes back to to the point earlier you know you need to be able to identify which managers consistently do you know do the right thing there they sell out of the right credits early but they don't sell out of every credit too early so i think in terms of working with the managers there's focus on sectors but people will often talk about sectors in sort of broad brushstrokes you know healthcare we know there's challenges there at the moment a lot of that is based around you know simply labor costs that's a similar trend in europe to some extent but actually if you look at um you know look at medications and so on and so forth you know actual healthcare hardware you know that's still a sector that you want invested in so you, you really need to pick the to be able to go Line by line, and look at the underlying credits on a on an individual name by name basis, rather than just simply saying, "Right, we don't like healthcare anymore because because of Envision and a couple of other names that have gone particularly badly." It's about understanding the um, the you know the underlying loans. The other sort of sector that's that's capturing a lot of attention at the moment, and I think that this is interesting across the board is the sort of telecom cable space because that historically has been a um, it has been a core component of and a cornerstone component of CLO loan portfolio construction, and it feels like that industry is now going through a change, or rather, lack of change. The change, the trajectory of the change, may have 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 kind of run its course now. Um, and many of those loans, they were the quickest to come back and refinance. That you know the spreads are very very tight. They had they came with pretty solid ratings, but they also came with pretty high. High leverage because the CFOs and so on and so forth, these businesses, sponsors of these businesses, knew the stable cash flow generation uh, characteristic would allow them to be able to lever these businesses up. So I think that that's a space where we do need to continue to focus. But again, you know, a CLO loan portfolio is hugely diversified. There's 38 or 42 individual sectors that sit within it's very very easy for the clo manager to be able to navigate and for us to be able to navigate and sort of say look you know we can see you can see a push of a button pops up straight away our systems allow us to see exactly where the industry exposure is and how we rate those individual industries and that that will come to the fore but it doesn't feel like we're in a situation say back in 2014 where you looked at you know, the outperforming CLO managers were simply those who didn't have oil and gas and the underperforming were those that did. It's much more nuanced now. And many loans have actually been outstanding for a lot longer. They've been extended. And the situations that have, that have kind of arisen have been a multitude. You know, you look at broad economic slowdown. Price inflation, raw material price inflation that came through much more more so last year. You look at deals that were issued off the off off the back of a tailwind post COVID, and then you look at the biggest overarching impact, really to all businesses. To be fair, is the rise in interest rates, and that's just a new a new environment in which in which we sit on sit in today. So you're looking for, you know, clearly businesses with with strong free cash flow coverage, you know, reasonable leverage. We understand that. But it's about how some of these businesses are also going to operate going forward. What happens if inflation sort of stalls and actually, you know, do we get disinflation? I think we don't need to worry about that just yet. But I think when certainly looking at sectors, you know, it's much
0: more nuanced than people would like to state. So you touched on this, but there's been a huge increase in amend and extend activity in recent weeks. Could you tell us what activity you've seen issuers engaging in, and some of the factors that are driving that trend?
1: Yeah. So amend to extend. Firstly, I think it's very, very positive. There's a number of reasons there. Firstly, um, the the paper that is getting taken out, as you know, is experiencing a a pull to par effect, and then the new paper is often issued with a discount. Some kind of fee involved there, you know, that's kind of included in the discount. Plus, you're getting a spread pickup as well, which is great for for CLO equity on a on a forward basis. This is all great for the CLO debt tranches because the debt will then trade at a at a higher price going forward. So it helps MVOC and AV. Then if you're in older CLOs where you want to shorten the duration you want to be taken out this gives you your exit now if you don't get your exit you're still in sh- short dated maturity paper it's kind of a m- mechanism that is that has worked very very well in the past i commented earlier around that um two, 2009 period two, 2008 2009 2010 period it certainly helps clo equity what are we seeing we're seeing spread uplift fees coming through it gives credits time sometimes you'll hear this referred to as sort of kicking the can down the road sometimes sometimes credits just do need a little bit of time but also the market is being selective as well we are seeing managers push back and not wanting to participate in weaker transactions or push for you know much better economics that really reflect the risk in transactions and you know one of the things that we would like to see a little bit more of is certainly dock tightening because this is one of the things that's uh, consistently coming back to bite investors further down the line when uh, issues get into situations um you know some of the loose documentation is obviously damaging recoveries as we go through workout situations so but a2e's as we approach this 2025-2026 maturity uh, i wouldn't call it a wall but there are maturities maturities happen in the loan market it's fine it, it's a way to increase spread and with higher spread um it will push loan prices up higher overall and it's not an instantaneous thing it just just takes time but you're incrementally chipping away you know we consistently seen this roughly three bit increase in in average spread in 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 the loan portfolios um coming through and that's just really going to continue to help drive cash flows in clo equity especially especially C- secondary clo
0: equity where liabilities are set at a much tighter much tighter level so my final question for you, I think it's fair to say you've expressed quite a bullish outlook for the CLO market, given the trends that you're seeing. Uh, what are you predicting for the fourth quarter, Is it for the rest of the third quarter, also the fourth quarter, the rest of the second half in terms of the outlook for CLOs going forward? I think it's going to continue to be interesting from
1: a return standpoint relative to to other asset classes. And that's something that we always talk about in CLOs, if you compare other credit instruments, similar ratings and so on and so forth, CLOs always offer this great relative value and absolute value. And I think we've seen a material uptick in terms of, in terms of stocks, this is kind of feeding through into other areas of credit as well. It doesn't look like we're going into some kind of economic meltdown. It was only, only a number of months ago that we, that we were talking about another banking crisis. That's not materialised. That was a significant event in terms of pulling back on the economy, but also pulling back on CLO performance. And, you know, we don't know what's around the corner. SVB and the and the regional banks felt like it came as a surprise to markets. There will be other surprises. It won't be a linear recovery. I think that 2024 is going to be a fascinating year. But I think that we've probably now got a much better view on the economic outlook what inflation is going to look like it's not going to be two percent for sure and rates aren't going back to two percent anytime soon i don't think anybody is expecting that but in terms of consistency of outlook feels like we now have that how does that relate into into clo's i think you continue to see some sort of tightening i think you you will see more issuance. There has been obviously a lot of focus on CLO affiliate equity funds, which have been driving most of the issuance. So I think that those issuers will arguably be a lot more sort of cautious in terms in terms of issuing going forward but it feels like we're going to see some tightening in triple a's coming through in the primary market as it follows the secondary market and this will also start to come through in the in the junior tranches for the secondary markets look clo equity is very very active at the moment there is a degree of confidence definitely across junior mes tranches as well And I think that in part, this is coming back to some of the core things that are critical to performance, earnings. Earnings aren't as bad as as expected, and they never were really through 2022 either. Every quarter, people were saying, you know, next quarter is going to be worse and so on and so forth. So the earnings have not really deteriorated to the extent that some feared. And... And I just think that, therefore, we're going to have a more stable market. It's not going to be a bull market of 2021, but we're going to have a stable market as we go into the back end of the year. Um, and I think that that's, that's that's going to offer opportunities to be able to put capital to work.
0: Matt Layton from uh, Paladiva Capital, thank you so much for joining The Last round today. It was great to hear your thoughts on the trends in the market. Thanks, Hugh.